Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This is your old chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly, presenting America's Famous Quiz Kids. And here's your first question, Quiz Kids. What celebrity had a quarter of a million visitors while he was on the sick list? And while you children and listeners are thinking about that one, we'll have roll call. First, we have Patrick. I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 13 years old, and in the fall, I'll be a freshman at Calumet High School. Mark? I'm Mark Mullen, I'm nine years old, and I go to the University of Chicago Laboratory School. Joel? I'm Joel Copperman, I'm 14 years old, and I'm a junior at Roosevelt High School. Marlene? I'm Marlene Richmond, I'm 15 years old, and 3A at Roosevelt High School. And Billy? I'm Billy McHugh, I'm nine years old, and I'm going fifth grade at St. Ferdinand School, Chicago. And now back to that first question, what celebrity had a quarter of a million visitors while he was on the sick list? We have three hands up. Joel's hand was up first. Joel. Well, that would be Bushman, the uh, famous gorilla. That's right, Bushman the gorilla at the Lincoln Park Zoo. I'll say that's fine right off the bat. Yes, sir. Now then, you know, Mark's birthday last Thursday gave me an idea for a poem assignment that I would like to give you quiz kids. I'll hand out paper and pencil, and as we go right along with the questions, You children are to write a poem about the nice part of growing old. And I'll call for your poems later on in the program. In the meantime, you must answer questions as you you go along. And here is a very timely question, by the way. The 38th parallel is in the public eye now as the dividing line between North and South Korea. Where does the 38th parallel cut the United States on the Atlantic and Pacific coast? Joel? Well, I believe on the uh, Pacific coast, uh, it cuts it uh, about north of San Francisco Bay. That's very good. That's right. And and on the Atlantic coast, I think it cuts it uh, in Maryland, just above the Maryland-Virginia border. That's very, very good, Joel. Good boy. Nice going there. Well, let's see what else we have here. Oh, according to legend, the lovely girl Arachne was turned into a spider. And it seems that the spider does have many human-like characteristics. Can you name three? Uh, Pat? Well, they build webs for their houses as far as that goes, and they're very excellent uh, spinners or weavers. Uh Uh-huh. Very excellent. All right. And Mark? uh, They build bridges and, well, they build... Their webs, and then they also have telephone lines to tell them when there's a anim- when there's an insect on their web. Uh-huh. That's very good. And let's see. Now Marlene has her hand up. Well, uh, they also uh, catch food the same way women do. It seems that the women are very fast in catching their food when they go shopping, and it seems that the spiders have to be very fast when they catch their food, too. <laughs> That's cute, Marlene. Joel, have you thought of something else? Well, the one type of spider acts like a cowboy and lassoes its victim. That's right, say. I'm glad you brought that out. Uh-huh. Fine. Now then, we're going to move into our music class for this question, kids. Our organist, Lou Webb, will play parts of three classical compositions, but in each instance, he will pull a boner. 
And we'll hope Lou makes only the mistake we have in mind. <laughs> and you children are to identify the discrepancy. <clears throat> Listen carefully. Here's the first one. Mozart concerto in C minor by right. Mozart. And so? It's... What was wrong with it? Oh, it seemed to be in a different key. It I... was in a different key. That's right. Absolutely. It was... Uh, can any of you tell me uh, by uh, uh, perfect pitch uh, what key? Mm. Of course, that's not part of the question. It was played in D minor instead of C minor. All right. So that's uh, part number one. I'll try this one. <laughs> Marlene? That's the Grand Valse Brillant by um, Chopin right. and E-flat major. Yes. And uh, Chopin was also called the poet of music, and I think he was also... Uh, the time was different in that piece? The time was different. different. Uh, what time was it? Uh, what tempo was it that uh, oh. Lou was playing? It in? wasn't the waltz time. No, it, it wasn't. Was. It was March time. time. That's right. You got the, that part of the question. Now, what is he getting mixed up about this time? All right, uh, Marlene? Oh, I think that was a Bach number, a uh, Bach geek, and... Uh, the what? A Bach geek or prelude? Well, uh, what, uh, what was it? Uh, well, uh, they put two different pieces in, and... Uh, well, you're on the right track. Now, Joel has his well, hand that's up. That's what I was going to say. It's uh, one of the Bach's preludes. I believe it's out of a, a well-tempered clavichord. And, but I don't know about the second one. But it was two different pieces by two different composers. Well, now, wait a minute, uh, Pat. Wasn't that the spring song, the second one? Uh, no. <laughs> no, um... It was. It was it? <laughs> well, I'm glad we have a grown-up quiz kid in the studio. Thanks a lot. It says on my card here, song without words. Is that the same? Oh, it's one of the set. Oh, sure. Well, why? I, I should have known that. Well, in other words, uh, Lou started out playing part of uh, Bach's two-part inventions and switches to Mendelssohn's uh, uh, song without words. And uh, in other words, switched to Mendelssohn and then ended up uh, uh, to, uh, back, to ba uh, back to Bach. Yeah, or <laughs> what am I trying to say here? Well, all right, kids. Uh, now then, it's time for recess. And uh, you know what we're going to do? <laughs> we're going to play an old-time kids game. And by the way, there's a certain kid who's done quite well with this game, little Ralphie Edwards. That's right. It's the game of truth or consequences. Now, I'll go down the line and give each of you kids a chance to ask the quiz kid on your right a question. If he cannot answer it correctly, he has to take the consequences and do whatever you ask him to. And if you ask any question you cannot answer yourself, of course, you will have to take the consequences. This ought to be a lot of fun. We'll, uh, we'll begin with Billy. And so, Billy, your victim will be Marlene on the right of you. In, in what year was the Chinese Republic founded and who was its first president? 
<laughs> sounds like that's foolproof to me. <clears throat> that sounds like a stumper. <laughs> well? I don't believe I know the answer. Do you, Billy? Yes. It, the Chinese Republic was founded in 1912, and Dr. Sun Yat-sen Yat was its first president. Fine, fine, uh-huh. Well, all right, now, Marlene, uh, Billy, let's have the consequences. Well, I was sitting on the telephone directory, and, you, and Marlene has to balance it on her head. Oh, my goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, all right, hand the telephone directory to Marlene, and let's see what kind of a balancer, what kind of a bookkeeper she is. Oh. <laughs> She's doing it. Oh. <laughs> You're a very good bookkeeper, Marlene. You don't lose your balance. Oh. Thank you. Well, now, Marlene, it's your turn. And, of course, Joel is to the right of you, and he will be your victim. Joel, could you please tell me what picture, President's picture, was on the $1,000 bill, or is on the $1,000 bill? If anyone has a $1,000 bill in their pocket in the studio, keep it in their pocket until after this is all I over with. I don't believe there is a President's picture on the $1,000 bill. I think it was one of our Secretary of Treasuries. There certainly is. <laughs> We're going to make uh, Marlene prove this in just a minute, Joel. <laughs> oh, wait a second. A thousand dollar bill. Oh, wait. Uh, Cleveland. That's right. Is that right? Oh, Joel is too sharp. Oh, that's not fair, Joel. Yeah. You got the answer. And I, I didn't think you were going to get him, Marlene. We're going to make him uh, suffer the consequences for being so smart. So go ahead. Now go ahead. Let him have it. Joel, would you please hop around on one foot around Mr. Kelly's desk in 12 seconds, uh, making sounds like an Indian? Oh, <laughs> oh this is going to be good. Well, get down there now and uh, wait, wait a minute. Oh, Say, Joel was really on the warpath. <laughs> he did it! Only took Joel eight seconds to do that. Well, that's, that's a lot of fun. Now, Joel, how about your question? Uh, well, this is to <laughs> Mark. What great thing was killed in a duel by a poison sword? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, I would have liked to have given this question to Pat because I know the answer that he would give right now. But the answer that I had was, uh, I never met any great thing that fought duels, let alone with poison swords. Oh, Joel. <laughs> so, uh, for you... Well, well, I guess I got the consequence on him. Now, uh, you can, uh, pat your head... Uh, head with your hand, one hand, and uh, rub your stomach in a circular motion with the other one at the same time. Oh, for I have five that seconds. Since I was a kid. <laughs> well, Mark was rubbing his head too, was he? Instead of patting. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, how about your question now? Well, this is to Pat. All right. 
Where did these flowers get their names? You gotta get two out of three. The tulip. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. From the turbans that the Turks wore. Oh, the Dutch named them that. And um, where did the daisy get its name? Hmm. Okay, <laughs> you went. <laughs> From Day's Eye. And where did the gladiol um, uh, gladi uh, gladiola? Oh, you want to say gladiola? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you give me the answer, and I'll do the consequence. <laughs> From the swords that the gladiators had. I want you in five seconds to, in two seconds, to say this. A big blue bug backed into a big black bug. A big Go. blue bug, a big blue bug backed into a big black bug. Oh, say, this really takes me back to my kid days. Well, Pat, now it's your turn. Well, and I guess uh, I'm going to Billy uh, down here at the other ask end. Ask Billy over here. This is the riddle, and it may not be funny, but it's the only one I could find. <laughs> um, in the Bible times, who were the two uh, most famous noblemen? Who were the most famous noblemen in Bible times? This is a riddle. All right, Billy. Well, who I'm afraid I can't answer that. Uh, all right, then the two noblemen in Bible times were Baron Figtree and Lord How Long. <laughs> and Billy? <laughs> now and Billy, uh, yeah, I, I'd like you to imitate or do an impression of Mr. Kelly. Uh, oh. <laughs> with, with the hat on, huh? Yeah, all right. Here, here we are, folks, to see, to see the America's Famous Quiz Kids. That's all. <laughs> that's, that's a tough one, huh? You know, I, I, I think that really was a tough one. And, Pat, I, I just wonder, what would you do if somebody asked you to do that, to imitate the teacher? What? I don't know. Would you like to <laughs> try that well, yourself? Well, folks, here's a toughie out of the old question box here and see if you can answer this one. And I won't give the question because I can't think of any. Well. <laughs> yep. That's me. That's me. That was a ah. <laughs> that was a miss, folks, and you're going to get that fine new radio for stumping the quiz, kids. The radios are going away like wildfire tonight. Okay. That's all. All right, well. <laughs> well, that certainly was a lot of fun, kids. Yes, sir, you really have fun where there are children. Now then, for this question, you kids are to suppose you are equipped with a beautiful white yacht and you're taking a Mediterranean cruise. If you decided to sail from Sardinia to Corsica and took your compass reading, in what direction would you set your course, north or south? Joel? Due north. That's right, due north. Right, the islands are both just west of uh, Italy. If you wanted to sail from Tripoli, Libya, in Africa to Cyprus, in what direction would you set your course? Joel again. East. East, that's right. Mm -hmm. Very good, Joel. Now let's see how many musical terms you children can name 
that are articles you might carry in your pocket. Who would like to start this off? Musical terms. Pat? Well, you might carry a key. Key? A key that's for a the, piano or a, a note. Huh? A note. What kind of note? Thousand dollar note? No. Oh, <laughs> all right. Hey, Joe? Oh, a uh, candy bar. Bar, that's the idea. Can't we think of any more? Uh, Pat? Well, if you, I wouldn't know if you carry this in your pocket, you come home from the store, you might be carrying a beat. A beat? Oh, uh-huh. Pat. Oh. Mark? You could be carrying a string. A string, sure. And, uh, can we think of any others? Pat? Well, it might be a measuring stick. A measuring stick? Joel? Well, you could have a staff in your hand. Yes, that's true. And, uh... Any more, Mark? You might have a peg. A what? Peg. A peg? For all, all right, fine. Now then, uh, those were all very good kids. I have a treat for you. I've invited Uncle Tom Corwin, my old friend, to come down here to help us with this question. Uncle Tom is famous for his impersonations. He has been one of the well-loved old-timers with the National Barn Dance Radio Program for years and years. About 26 years, to be exact. And it is a real pleasure to have Uncle Tom on our program. Welcome to our classroom, Uncle Tom Carwin. You're looking right chipper this afternoon. Well, it's a quite honor and pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank My you. Oh, t- friend. <laughs> and well. now this is wonderful. More than I saw out of prayer meeting last Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now then, quiz kids. Uncle Tom will portray a certain scene, and you children are to try to tell what is happening. Our announcer, Hugh Downs, will tell you listeners on a mic where the children cannot hear him just what is going on, and we'll see how close the quiz kids come to figuring it out. And you can work on this. Well, of course, you'll know all about it. All right, Hugh. Okay, Joe. Ladies and gentlemen, (coughs) Uncle Tom portrays a group of men trying to load a bulky cow on a boat. Now, uh, <clears throat> let's listen to Uncle Tom, who will use his voice to portray this whole little scene. All right, Uncle Tom. Get in the river. Put a rope around his neck. 
Now, don't leave a slip knot in there. You'll talk him to death. Put that knot in that rope. Come on, you calf now, right easy. No. No. Hold it. No. Well, boy, you got him. Stand to death. Stand still. Let him blow a little bit. Let him blow. No. No. All right, try him again. Well, run right that way. Yes, you can. Come here, boy. Sam. <laughs> Sam, you and James get a hold of his neck now. Hold him tight. Come here, Bill. Bill, when I say I'm ready, if you get a hold of his tail, switch his tail, you run right off. Now, come over him. No. No. Hey, now, Bill, switch his tail. No. Hey, hey. Come on, you cow. Come on, you cow. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Terry. Hold your line in there. Oh, yeah, there's something. Let go. up here. Marlene, how about you? What do you think? Well, I'm going to make a wild guess, but at first it sounded like underneath, uh, in a steamboat, they were uh, shoveling coal or something in. And <laughs> then, all of a sudden, I heard a cow come in, huh? and it sounded as if they were trying to get him on a boat. That's... And, and uh, they couldn't get him on. It was very hard. And uh, the, uh, I, don't, I think the cow was making a big fuss. Something was happening. Yes, it was a big fuss. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That takes care of that. Well, they finally got the cow on the boat, and that was a fine job there, uh, Uncle Tom. By the way, kids, how would you like to hear Uncle Tom do his famous dog fight, huh, would you? You folks out in the audience there, all right, Uncle Tom, let's have that famous dog fight now. Huh? This is going way back, folks, 75 years ago. I don't believe anybody can go back that far with me. Right in front of the old post office. <laughs> Every day they're down there, if they don't get anything but the prairie farmer commercial. <laughs> and right in front of the post office, every farmer's got a dog, and watch out for a free-for-all. One little dog comes round the corner, <laughs> one over on the other side. <laughs> Our old postmaster had an old fog town called Lee. Lee wakes up, comes out from under the porch. <laughs> one old man did love a dog fight, and he had a big chaw, this old barley backer. And you know the one says what? The one fighting the said sick him had to get rid of all that backer. They looked around for a good place and kind of see <laughs> And about five or six of them get in the bunch. <laughs> oh, what a grand performer. Thanks uh, an awful lot, Uncle Tom. It's nice to see you again. Glad to have you up here. Everybody got a kick out of hearing your imitations. Come up again sometime. Now then, uh, kids, I've noticed that all during this question session, while you've been answering questions, you've also been busy working on the poem assignment that I made at the beginning of the program, and now it's time to hear those masterpieces. Your subject was The Nice Part of Growing Old. Who wants to start it off? Joel? The nicest thing about growing old is remembering days of yore, of many interesting stories told and adventures of cowboys bold. Wonderful. <laughs> 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 uh, who's next now? Uh, Mark, how about you, son? Well, this isn't too much about growing old. It's just more or less about birthdays. Oh. On every... 
On every birthday, I grow older, but I cannot, but I cannot say how old I will be every day. Oh. Any day. Oh, any day. Oh, I see. Well, that's fine. That's all right. <laughs> Billy, do you have one? Yes. Uh, this isn't much of a... This doesn't have much poetry, but it's just as I feel as I grow old. Well, that's old. all right. It's just as you feel, as you say. Let's hear it. The, the nice part of growing old is as you grow older, your knowledge grows with you. Well, now, isn't that fine? <laughs> and, uh... Marlene? I'm not very much of a poet either. Uh, I'll say something first, uh, what I think the nice part of growing old, and then I'll try to express it in the poem. All right. Well, anyway, the nice part of growing old is that your children will live on with the ideals that you have, and then maybe when you die, your children will uh, live on with the memories of you. And that's all I have is the nice part of going old is when you don't have to scold. <laughs> it doesn't make much <laughs> well, sense. that's all right, Marlene. That's fine. Now, let's uh, hear what Patrick has. Well, now, Mark, you're pretty old. And being an old man, I'm sure you're sold. Say, Mark, you look pretty nifty. Well, I wouldn't say you were a day over 50. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nice parts there, kids. Now, you know, there's um, a lot of, uh, in this question, that you have to keep in your head as I uh, go along, so listen carefully. A lost hunter asked for lodging at a trapper's hunt. The uh, trapper noticed the hunter's golden chain and asked as payment one link of the chain per day to be paid each day. Now, the chain had 60 links. By using the links both as payment and change, only three links had to be cut during the 60-day stay. Explain which links were cut. Joel? Well, if you had three links cut, uh, they had to take care of the first three days there. And then the fourth day, you'd have to get four links and get three back. Uh, so therefore, the fifth link uh, would have had to been cut as the uh, right. first link. So far. And uh, then, uh, let's see, you have uh, those three links and then the four links, the seven links. So that'll take care of you until the eighth day when you have to give eight links. When you have to give, rather, one link and uh, you have seven paid in. So uh, you'd uh, take off eight links. And uh, then you'd get seven back as change. So the next link cut would be eight plus one plus five. That'd be fourteenth link would 14th, be, have been the second right. cut. All right. And uh, now you have uh, fifteen links, and that'd uh, take care of you until you had a sixteenth uh, day. And then you'd uh, let's see, yeah, then you'd pay uh, sixteen and get uh, fifteen back. And uh, so that'd be a sixteen plus one. That's seventeen plus fourteen. That'd be thirty-one. So, let's see, it'll be the fifth link, the fourteenth uh, link, and the thirty-first link. That's the boy! That's right! Oh, okay, that's wonderful. It's really a pleasure to hear Joel work out those math problems. Well, there's the old school bell, and that means the end of lessons for today. But while our judges are totaling up your scores, I want to tell you folks about the very unusual school session we have in store for you next Sunday. Now, you're going to hear something that has never been on the air before. The whole session will be run by the quiz kids themselves. You see, teacher is having a day off. Mm -hmm. So a quiz kid will take my place as chief quizzer, and quiz kid Lonnie Lundy will take over as organist. 
Another quiz kid will be the chief bell ringer and sound effects man. And another quiz kid will even act as an announcer. Yes, sir. The children will have a show all by themselves. And whether we get on the air or off the air will remain to be seen. But I'll bet what is on the air will be plenty funny. And I, for one, will not want to miss it. And I hope you won't either. Now then, let's see. Here are the report cards. Quiz kids, remember, whether you win or lose, you will each receive a $100 savings bond for your future education. Now, as a group, you, uh, well, you didn't have any misses, and after taking into consideration your age as well as the number of correct answers you gave, let's see, the judges report that Joel was first, Patrick second, and Mark and Marlene tied for third. So you four, together with, uh, let's see, Harvey Deitch and Melvin, uh, Harvey six, and Melvin Miles, age seven, We'll take over the Quiz Kid classroom next Sunday, and we hope all you listeners will be tuned in to see how that lively session turns out. So, good luck, kids. Until next Sunday, then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids. Goodbye, kids. Bye, Mr. Kelly. Kelly. Bye, Mr. Kelly. Quiz Kids is a Lewis G. Cowan production. Programs, get your programs here. Benny Goodman will switch from jazz to the classics when he appears as guest soloist on the summer concert series this evening. The NBC Symphony Orchestra will be directed by guest conductor Arthur Fiedler. So tune in to hear selections from your favorite light classics. Also this evening, listen to William Powell in My Mother's Husband. Take It or Leave It asks the $64 question tonight on NBC.